So yesterday, so yesterday. Why not? Why not? The album that defined my childhood and honestly defined my life. It's an iconic pop song of early 2000s. If the light is off, then it isn't on. I couldn't do the math, nothing was adding up, and it was like, why am I here? Hey Team Duff, it's Wit. Thanks so much for listening to Duff Enough, the ultimate Hillary Duff fan podcast. This show is a celebration of the life and career of actress, singer, mother, and all-around icon, Hillary Duff. And joining me now is someone who I have known over the internet for quite some time. Trey Honeycutt, welcome to Duff Enough. Thank you. So glad to be here. Yes. And you know, Trey, we have been internet friends, it seems like, I don't know how many years, but it's been a while. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And I don't even know if Hillary Duff is the reason we connected, but I know for sure, like, you're a hardcore Hillary Duff fan. Of course. Do you do YouTube stuff anymore? Not really anymore, but I used to a lot. Well, you have a great video. People should look it up of your review of Breathe In, Breathe Out. It's so good. I love it. That was a great album. It was a great album. And how are your guinea pigs? They're doing well. They're still alive. That's good. Still alive and kicking. Yeah, that's good. Didn't you name one after Hillary? Am I making Um, that up? I did not. Okay, made that up. I can. Yeah, no, you definitely should. (laughs) Okay. Well, Trey, we are going to be doing a very important episode today, and that is Metamorphosis. And I'm honestly a little nervous because I want to make sure I do this album, you know, justice. Right. It's such an impactful album in her discography. It is. It really is. So we'll get to that in a bit. I do have three questions for you just to kind of test your Hillary fandom. So first question, Trey, what is your favorite Hillary Duff movie? It's so cliche, but it's, it is the Lizzie McGuire movie. Great choice, though. All right. Favorite Hillary Duff song? Uh, probably Come Clean. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that one. And do you have a favorite episode of Lizzie McGuire? The one that always sticks out to me is the um, Christmas episode with Aaron Carter. Of course. That's like an iconic one that I always like, think of whenever I think of the, the series. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So are you ready to jump into this album now, Trey? Because like, uh, again, I'm like the pressure. I know. I'm as ready as I'll ever be, though. I think. Okay. I think All right. it's time. Sparks are about to fly. It's time for Duff Discography. To start, I definitely want to say the first album I ever owned in life was Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. And okay. so that album, and then also Oops, I Did It Again, they really hold you know a really special place in my heart because those were the two albums that I feel like just introduced me to pop music and the music that I would kind of grow up loving and listening to, which was like girly pop music. Um, mm-hmm. But I would really have to say that Hilary Duff Metamorphosis is kind of the album that defined my childhood and honestly defined my life. Just being real. I mean, I can say the same thing. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> and so it was released on August 26th, 2003 by Hollywood Records. This was really her official debut album, or I think it's definitely considered her official debut album. And it was a game changer in so many ways. I mean, this album, you know, changed her career. It changed, I think, the the formula for being a Disney Channel star, for sure. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the impact is there. And yeah, this is her triple platinum debut album, Metamorphosis. Do you remember like when you got this album for the first time? Honestly, I don't. I don't know how I blocked that out of my memory. I don't know how. Oh, no. I kind of do. Um, I definitely remember seeing, like, promotion for it in my little Disney Adventures magazine. 
And I remember like the date and I was like, mom, we got to go to Walmart to get this. And I don't think we made a special trip to Walmart for this album, but we definitely got it. Like, you know, I would go with my mom to Walmart like once a week for groceries. We definitely got it then. And I remember, you know, just loving it. And I had this clear little CD player. You remember those little portable CD players? Oh, yeah. I had that and I had the album in it. And, you know, it was green and like it would spin around in this little clear CD player I had. And so that was that was how I got Metamorphosis. But there's more to the story. So we went to a Tennessee Titans game and someone broke into our car. They stole my original Metamorphosis album. No. Yes. Uh, so my OG Metamorphosis is gone. Like, ugh. Did you get another one or did you? No, I got another one. Okay, good. So that happened like a year later, almost around the time that her second album came out. So what my parents said was they were like, you know, because I was very upset. I mean, traumatized. Yeah. I mean, you can't, I mean, back then you couldn't listen to music unless you had the CD. Right. And so I remember like my parents just said, we will get you another one. Don't worry. But they said, just wait until we go get the new CD because her, her Hillary Duff CD, her self-titled album was coming out very soon on her birthday, September uh, 28th of 2004. And I have to say, like, I was so embarrassed to go to Walmart and buy both those albums because this is what I was thinking in my little, you know, 10 year old brain. I was like, oh my word, I look like such a terrible fan. I should just be going to get the new album. If I buy the old album too, it looks like I'm not not a number one fan who already had it. So The person at the register was judging you. Yeah, the person at the register was totally judging me. Um, <laughs> that was my mindset. I can't believe they stole that out of your car. That robber had good taste. <laughs> I know. They took a lot of things and I always made sure that I hid things a little better. Yeah. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. As far as like the physical album goes, you know, just thinking about the cover art and all that i mean truly truly an iconic cover i mean that's the epitome of hillary duff i think how would you describe that background greenish bluish aqua like almost like leaves in the background but they're not leaves maybe yeah it's like a painting basically yeah that makes sense it's a close-up on hillary's face her hazel eyes gorgeous her windswept hair she's got some pinkish chandelier earrings one earring is faced towards the camera the other one's like perpendicular yeah and like you know just the simple smile and actually you know when we see the album like on streaming services we see hillary duff at the bottom and then metamorphosis but on the physical copy metamorphosis is on the side of the uh of the album Mm -hmm. so iconic cover you flip it over and she's got kind of the over the shoulder smile look going on and she's wearing like the little plaid skirt with some chains and the gold belt and in the inside actually she's got the outfits with like the pink ribbons flowing and she also has a butterfly butterfly wings on in one outfit too so they stuck with the theming very well and this is on vinyl now okay so everyone should get that perfect it debuted at number two on billboard went to number one in its second week and it was the eighth best-selling album of 2003 so go hillary that's insane and she was 15. 15. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I forget how big it was because I mean, it was such a big part of my life, but like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, you don't think about it when you're a kid. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. This also was around the time that Andre Recchi was her manager, and I know a lot of the the hardcore fans are going to remember him. And I do want to mention that there's a great article or web post that came out uh, for the 10th anniversary of this record. Uh, It was through MySpace, which is totally random, but I would definitely recommend that anyone who wants to uh, learn more about Metamorphosis should go check it out. Just Google Metamorphosis 10th anniversary 
MySpace. Like they interview all the people who were behind it, which namely, I mean, there was this production team called The Matrix who worked on it and they'd done some stuff with Avril Lavigne and Cara Diaguardi, who a lot of people may remember from being a judge on American Idol. Uh, she worked on the album, Come Clean is her song, Little Voice. And and so, yeah, I mean, it's just a great little, um, it's a great article on the history of the album and how it got made and what it really meant for uh, the history of Walt Disney Records even too. So like I was saying, her impact, her impact. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to go song by song now and talk about each track. Some will have more to uh, talk about than others, but I'm also going to read the chorus for each song and we'll discuss the lyrics and that sort of thing. So here we go. The first song is So Yesterday, which was also the first single, not counting Why Not. I call this the ultimate getting over someone song. I mean, it definitely is, because when you ask me my favorite song, it was either Between Come Clean or So Yesterday. So Yesterday is just such an iconic self-empowerment, like, banger. I could honestly listen to this song and never get tired of it. It's that good. Okay, here's the chorus for So Yesterday, and it's going to sound a little a little weird reading this, but if it's over, let it go, and come tomorrow it will seem so yesterday, so yesterday. I'm just a bird that's already flown away. Laugh it off and let it go, and when you wake up, it will seem so yesterday, so yesterday. Haven't you heard that I'm going to be okay? It is basically about getting over someone and just, you know, being like, you're so yesterday, that's the idea, and... And I love that last line because you're going to be okay. Move on. Forget them. The music video, though. Okay, let's talk about that. Because there's kind of a little story to it. You know, she breaks up with a guy at the beginning, and then she plays this prank on him where he's at the beach and she steals his clothes and takes his uh, his T-shirt, which is, you know, that orange, everything is better in Texas shirt. Bigger. Oh, yeah. Everything is bigger in Texas shirt. My bad. <laughs> and she takes uh, she takes it around to all these people, and she's taking Polaroid pictures with it. But yeah, I mean, do you have any great memories like of that music video? Because... I don't remember it playing so much on Disney Channel, but it's still, it's iconic. I remember like when music videos used to debut on Disney Channel, I don't remember this one debuting on it. I don't either. I know Come Clean did for sure. I remember that getting played a lot. Yeah, for sure. Maybe not this one so much. Um, It was the first single off the album, wasn't it? Yeah, this was the first single. Hillary has actually said that she wasn't really crazy about this song, but you know, the label and everyone involved kind of pushed her to let it be the first single. And I think, you know, I think it's a great first single. It has pop rock flair to it, a little bit of a twang, more like kind of bubblegum pop, but with a little guitar um, for sure. Mm-hmm. A little comparison to Avril Lavigne, but it's it's Hillary. Mm-hmm. Her look definitely did have like a Avril Lavigne kind of vibe to it. You can see that more in the different in later albums too, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Aside from the storyline in the music video, we also get these great shots of Hillary performing the song, which we had seen her in the in the Why Not video doing. But I don't know what it is about this video, but whenever I watch it, like her it factor is kind of on full display and like the hair flips and like mm-hmm. the looks that she gives the camera. I mean, she she was totally serving looks. It's so good. Iconic. Yeah, iconic. In the end of the music video, she mails the guy the photos that she's taken, and she also drops off the package or drops off a package with his shirt inside and a photo of her. Uh, and it says uh, she's wearing a shirt, and on the back it says "You're so yesterday." And he's kind of like, "Ah, uh, now I know who took my clothes, and you know I'm a I'm a loser for breaking up with this girl." So, and he totally was because it's Hillary Duff. The bridge and so yesterday, Trey. Yes. If the light is off, then it isn't on. It isn't on. Yeah. I mean, lyrical genius. If you're over me, then I'm already over you. Um, if you're over me, I'm already over you. If it's all been done, what is left to do? 
How can you hang up when the line is dead? If you want to walk, I'm a step ahead. <laughs> You're moving on. I'm already on. If the light is off, then it isn't on. Yeah, it's it's so good. It's great. She has some great bridges in this album. She does. She does. Yeah. Anything else about So Yesterday? It definitely isn't So Yesterday. Oh, no. It's always relevant. Come Clean. Okay. You said this was your favorite. And I think this is probably the song that people remember Hillary the most by. It's the second single off the album. Yeah, this was the second single off the album. Also the second song. And yeah, why do you think this song resonated so well? I don't know. It's a, one of the perfect pop songs. Like the the sound of it is just perfect. The lyrics are amazing. It's an iconic pop song of early 2000s. Yeah. As I mentioned, you know, Cara Diaguardi wrote this song. And in that interview that I was talking about, and I think she wrote this in, or that uh, MySpace post I was talking about, and I think she wrote this in her in her book too, but the lyrics actually had to be changed for Hillary. So, you know, the lyrics are, wake my dreams in Hillary's version. And I think Kara said that the original song was a little more adult and it was wet my dreams, which is like, whoa, uh, yeah. because again, Hillary was like a teenager. But anyway, just dropping that info out there. I did not know that. Yeah, fun fact. Also, one of my friends uh, here in Nashville actually just went to like this Cara Diaguardi writer's round recently, and Cara sang a little bit of Come Clean, and I was just like, oh my goodness, I wish I could have been there for that. Yeah, I heard that she is spending more time in Nashville. Yeah. The the success of that song probably, you know, helped Hillary uh, and Cara have this relationship that, you know, would eventually become Dignity, my favorite or the best Hillary Duff album, if you ask me. So, you know. The sound of Come Clean is a little, I don't, it wasn't jarring, but it's very different from So Yesterday. It's got more of an electro vibe to it, I feel like. It's mid-tempo, and then it kind of, you know, picks up a little bit at the chorus and is a little more dancey, so yeah. The chorus for Come Clean, here it is. Let the rain fall down and wake my dreams. Let it wash away my sanity, because I want to feel the thunder. I want to scream, let the rain fall down. I'm coming clean. Sometimes I'm still like scratching my head on what the song's about. Like, is there anything that you can like clearly like say, like, this is what the song's about? Honestly, I don't know. Right? Even metaphorically, it's like, what what is going on here? But kind of what I gather uh-huh. is, you know, it's this song about when you're in a relationship and you're kind of, you know, dealing with this elephant in the room of like, we're not in the place we used to be or, you know, what's going on. And so someone's got to come clean and, you know, say, here's what's going on. We need to address our problems. I don't know. That's kind of what I got after some deep thinking and research even. But it doesn't really matter because the song is so good and so catchy. And you don't you don't even think about that, especially when you're a kid. Right. But like now that you said that about Kara changing the words, like reading the lyrics, like I can definitely see it being sexual. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that on this podcast or not. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. Are you kidding me? When we get to Gossip Girl, come on. Okay. Um, The music video for this definitely had airplay on Disney Channel. And do you do you want to talk about what you remember from the music video? I made some notes, but it's it's pretty iconic. Just the opening scene of like of her sitting in the window, rain coming down, like the bluish like vibes to it. That's I mean, that's my favorite part. Yeah, I mean, definitely reflects the lyrics. So she's at home. It's a rainy night. She's in her PJs and she's trying to call this guy, but he doesn't answer his phone. 
Um, and we see him trying to like drive somewhere. We don't know where he's going, but we're hoping, I guess, that it's to her. And uh, she also, she's like taking a bath, which we see her in her bathrobe because like this was Disney. So come on. Um, and we also see that like wonderful little wipe of the um, fogged up mirror. Mm-hmm. So she's at home trying to get in touch with this guy, waiting on him to call her back, waiting on him to show up. We don't really know. And like the roof is leaking. So she's dealing with that. But then her friends come over and they're in her living room. And we also see on the TV where she's performing the song. So a little bit of inception going on, I guess. But she she does that performance where she's singing Come Clean and like she's all her hair's all wet and she has like the smoky eyes. And so that's half of the video, too. Um, Oh, and the power goes out at some point. So she's lying on the floor with candles surrounding her. Beautiful shot. Beautiful. Yes. In the end, though, and by the time we get to the final chorus, the guy shows up and she runs out in the rain to give him a hug, which, you know, I guess that's fine. But um, yeah, that's how it ended. We don't know if like they got together. And like I said, if this was about two people in a relationship coming clean, then maybe they worked things out or maybe that's what we were supposed to believe. But yeah, I don't know. A little mystery to the end. Yeah. Did her friends leave? Yeah. No, they weren't there. The friends were gone, which it was like our band. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Fun facts here. The music video actually was nominated for Best Pop Video at the 2004 VMAs. So go Hill, go Hill. It was also the theme song to Laguna Beach on MTV, which I think probably made it a lot more popular. Reached out to like a different audience, order audience maybe. Yeah. If they ever bring back Laguna Beach, like they brought back the Hills or whatever, I need like an updated version. So... The last thing I want to say about Come Clean is actually a memory from recent years. Uh, when I was in college, I was a I was a broadcasting major, and even though I wasn't going into like meteorology or to be a weather person, I did have to you know do the weather some in front of a green screen. And I remember for a weather tease, I actually used this song, and I like I did the chorus, and I was like at the end, I was like. I want to feel the thunder. I want to scream. After the break, I'm coming clean about your forecast. And so, (laughs) yeah, I was very proud of that. Very proud of that. And there's video. So I'll have to like post that on Duff Enough socials for sure. Next song, Working It Out. And this is like such a positive, like, you know, don't give up song. There's also like chanting in the song. And like she has um, backup vocals that are really strong in there. I don't know. I love this song. It's not one of my favorites, but it is pretty great. Yeah, it's very encouraging. Yeah. Like I said, positive attitude on a bad day, never giving up. Um, Working it out. Chorus. We start off with the chants. Hey, hey, uh, I'm not giving up. No, going to stand up and shout it. No way. I'm not slacking off or backing out or cracking up with doubt. I'm working it out. And I also love how, you know, the chorus is so like, positive and like fists in the air and then we get back to the verses and they're very like kind of down in the dumps and that's you know kind of the formula that they went with for that song one thing that i wrote down about this song is that it has a spoken bridge and we love like the producers love to give hillary some like speaking mm-hmm. moments in her songs it's, amazing. it's hard enough to be what you are hard to be what you're not <laughs> yes it's an amazing bridge this wasn't one of my favorites either but you know it's not it's not a bad song all right next song Little Voice. What do you think about this one, Trey? It's a good one. I like it more than um, Working Out. It's kind of like a sassy kind of not vibe to it. I mean... It has character, I feel like. Yeah. 
And when I say character, you know, she does that whole thing where she's like, I won't tell you what I'm thinking. And I, and I don't know if seductive is the right word, but those inflections in her voice, it's just, it's interesting. Chorus for Little Voice is the little voice in my head won't let me forget. The little voice in my head is never misled. All of this noise is what keeps me from making a mess. The little voice in my head just won't let me get with you. La la la, la la la. Oh, I love the la la's. It's a great la la yeah. part. La la la, la la la, la la la, la la. Um, what I gather, and again, like when I was going back and kind of thinking about this for what I wanted to say, I really had to stop and look at the lyrics and sort of decode, wait a minute, what is this song about? Because I just didn't grow up thinking about it. So for a little little voice, what I gather is that it's about, you know, being attracted to someone, but having the voice inside your head, you know, telling you, nope, nope, not the right person for you, or this is not who you need to be with or whatever. So, or bad news, this person is bad news. Yeah. And, you know, relatable. This song also has that part where it sounds like she's like on the phone and she laughs and yeah, that's kind of cute. I also think it's cute that she had a song called Little Voice and the whole thing from her TV show was that she had a little voice in her head. Yeah, that's very true. I never put that together. And I believe I believe I read somewhere that this was originally released uh, by a Swedish pop artist. Salene, yeah. Oh, ooh, you know this. The year 2000. Coming through, coming through. Um, another Cara Diaguardi song there, though, so... Mm. Apparently, a little voice was also released as like a single in Australia, uh, too. So peaked at twenty nine in Australia and peaked at eighteen in the Netherlands. Yeah. So little voice had had some love overseas for sure. So the little voice in my head won't let me forget. Okay. All right. Next we have where did I go right? This is kind of a slower song on the album. It's not really a ballad, but it's slower and. Yeah, I kind of skipped over this one, I feel like, a lot as a kid. Really? I, I, I wanted the bops. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's more of like a self-reflective, like, I don't deserve this guy, but he's so he's too great for me. Like, how can he like me? I don't know. No, yeah, for sure. It's it's like feeling like someone you probably don't deserve, but you got you got him anyway. So mm-hmm. where did I go right? Chorus. It's uh, where did I go right? How did I get you? How come all this blue sky is around me and you found me? Where did I go right? How did I get you? I don't know how I did, but somehow now I do. The saying is, of course, where did I go wrong? And so she did a little flip on it. Where did I go right? I mean, so clever. Funny enough, she also did kind of the same thing with the next song on the album. You know, I was saying, where did I go wrong? Where did I go right? Well, the next song is called Anywhere But Here. And it's kind of a flip on the idea of like, I'd rather be anywhere but here right now. But in her song, she's saying she doesn't want to be anywhere but here. And it's kind of about, you know, being head over heels for someone and, you know, not wanting to be anywhere but with them. And I like this song. Mm-hmm. I've, I've actually like grown to love this song even more, you know, like in recent years as an adult, I guess. So yeah, it's a grower. A grower, not a shower. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The chorus goes, I'm falling through the door, flying across the floor. When you look at me, suddenly it's clear. You're burning up my dreams, crazy as it seems. I don't want to be anywhere but here. But it's really sweet, and it's kind of like light and airy and a little more bubblegum, bubblegum pop. There's a cute music video for Anywhere But Here where it's not really an official music video, but they're like 
I don't know, they set it up like an acoustic version. So if you've never seen that before, go check it out on YouTube. It's cute. Were they in a, um, like, Great, Grand Canyon? Um, well, they're like in a tropical. It's like tropical. Okay. You haven't seen it yeah. at all, but you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's featured at the end of A Cinderella Story. So there's that. I don't remember that. That's okay. Yeah, oh. as they're like driving off at the end of the movie. Makes sense now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This next song is The Math. And Hillary recently uh, was on a podcast where she uh, said that she didn't like this song, but her dad was a big fan of this song. Really? Oh, yeah. Bob Duff loves the math, apparently. Um, Bob Duff. This is kind of like a headbanger of a song, too. Like, if you can't do the math, it's full of, you know, some puns and play on words. But I love this song, personally. Sorry, Hillary. Yeah. I mean, it's iconic, yeah. It's easy to make fun of, kind of, because it's punny. It's clever. It's clever. Very clever. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. So the lyrics are like, if you can't do the math, then get out of the equation. I'm calling you back. This is Star 69, which is so funny because who uses that anymore? But do you remember, like, the days of Star... 67, was it? Star 67, yeah. Yeah. Star 67 was where you, like, prank called someone and they couldn't see your number. But 69 was where if someone called you... And you, you know, you didn't see their number. This was before caller ID. You could do star 69 and it would call the number back, I think. Helps you identify your last incoming call. Okay. Interesting. I thought they yeah. just changed it for them um, because they were dirty. But Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. It makes sense. Yeah. Nope. Nope. So that's why I'm calling you back. This is star 69. Um, is it a minus or a plus? Does enough equal enough? If you can't do the math, then nothing adds up. Tell me why I'm here. Growing up in school, I was actually terrible at math. And so this song just really, you know, struck a chord with me because of that. And I remember when I took my final like math course and final exam in college and I was done with math forever. I like took a screenshot of this song and posted it on social media. And I was like, done with math forever, guys. So bye bye. That's amazing. Literally me in fourth grade, like I couldn't do the math. Nothing was adding up. And it was like, why am I here? So, all right. All right. Love Just Is. And this is more of like the sweet ballad on the album. And yeah, it is sweet. Yeah, sweet is a good word to describe it. The sound of this song, you know, it's kind of like airy and head in the clouds and that sort of thing. And so uh, here are the lyrics to the chorus. Love just is whatever it may be. Love just is you and me, nothing less and nothing more. I don't know what I love you for. Love just is. The takeaway here is, you know, love doesn't always make sense. It just is what it is. Love just is. And I'm sure she was like thinking of Aaron Carter when she sang this, you know? That's true. Next is Sweet 16. And I could not wait to turn 16 just so I could play this song and listen to it. As a 16-year-old. Yes. It was a theme song for MTV's... Yeah, My Super Sweet 16. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who wrote this song? Haley Duff. Yeah. Yeah. Hillary has said that she, like, co-wrote it with Haley, although she doesn't have writing credits. Um, but, yeah. I'll uh, read the chorus now. So it goes, Sweet 16, gonna spread my wings. Sweet 16, it's my chance to shine. Sweet 16, discovering. Sweet 16, so much more to life. Sweet 16. B 
But yeah, like I said, I couldn't wait to turn 16 so that I could play this on my 16th birthday. But yet, I was jamming out as like a six-year-old to this song. I, I was a little older than that. But anyway, and the lyrics, like she talked about her blonde hair and I had blonde hair. And she talked about like her sister in the song and I had older sisters. So whenever I would sing it, I would make it plural for like sisters. Um, <laughs> but this is like total like top down, hair in the wind, love and life, mm-hmm. sunshine. That's what this song is. Hillary was actually 15 when this album came out, but she would have been turning 16 like almost a month later. So it was coming up. So young. Yeah, I know. Next is Party Up. And I don't think I understood the lyrics for this song as a kid either. But what I decipher is that it's about like telling someone, you know, stop messing around. Let's be in a relationship. So not really anything to do with partying, but anyway, you know. This was this was a, a good little dance song. It's a nice like upbeat party up. I didn't see this coming. Yeah, she's kind of she's kind of sassy in this song, a little bit like uh, little voice, but maybe you know more so forthcoming, I guess, with uh, with the guy that she's singing to. But here's the chorus: I didn't see this coming. Why don't you start me up? There's no more messing around. Come on and light me up. This could be the start of something. Why don't you party up? Time for you to come on down. Those lyrics in particular sound way better in the song as their song. But anyway. Oh, and and we get a bridge where she speaks again, which we love. And she's kind of flirty in this one, too. And she's like, you roll me, you use me, you love me. And then you wrap me up and reel me in and use me again. And then it goes on. She's like, and again, and again, and again. And yeah, that's about all I got to say about that one. So yeah, it's... um. It's one of those like filler songs, I feel like. Yeah. Someone's like listening to the podcast right now and be like, they just called party up a filler song, never listening again. <laughs> right. Okay. Then we come to the title track, which is Metamorphosis. And, you know, the whole idea of naming the album that is because this was a transition in Hillary's career and she was leaving Lizzie McGuire behind. So it was perfect for like marketing and creatively. I feel like that was perfect. And mm-hmm. I love this song too. So. I mean, I love the song. I'm surprised there is a music video for it, though. Yeah, they could have done something with butterflies. Yeah. I'll start with the pre-chorus for this song, and it says, Watching the butterfly go towards the sun, I wonder what I will become. Metamorphosis, whatever this is, whatever I'm going through, come on and give me a kiss. Come on, I insist. I'll be something new, a metamorphosis. I mean, the lyrics are, you know, about... You start developing feelings for someone and how you see them changes and all that and you change and all this. So, And once again, Trey, we get a bridge that is spoken word. And so it's uh, every day is a transformation. (laughs) Every day is a new sensation, alteration, modification, an incarnation, celebration. Every day is a new equation. Every day is a revelation, information, anticipation onto another destination. So... I don't know what any of that means, but it rhymes. So that's good. <laughs> this is the only song on the album that Hilary Duff has a writing credit on. I saw that. And I don't that's know what that would have been about. But right. anyway. Okay, here's my story, though, about this song. So this came out when I was in third grade. And we were studying metamorphosis. Oh, really? But like the process in which a caterpillar becomes a butterfly. And so you best believe I took this album 
to school and had my teacher play this song for the class. And there are still people that I went to school with who will remind me of that. And I'm like, no shame. It's a great song. And it really happened. She played the song. That's amazing. Even though the song has nothing to do with that. Right. Some of the lyrics could be kind of racy for a third third grade classroom. Could be. But we wouldn't have known. We wouldn't have known. No, of course not. And I remember my teacher just kind of being like, what? And I remember her, we had just learned, like, when you're really little, you learn that a caterpillar, you know, gets inside a cocoon. And that's Mm -hmm. what Hillary says in the song. But then later, they change it to Crystalis, right? Crystalis, I think. Yes. And so she was like, yeah, we don't call it that anymore. Okay, interesting. I remember that. Shout out to anyone in Miss Gowan's third grade uh, (laughs) class back in the day. Good times. This next song is like not even a song. It's like a little interlude or something because Haley it's wrote you know, it, yeah. really short. Haley wrote it. Yes, she did. And it's called Inner Strength. And I mean, I love how at the end it's like, girl, all you got is you. And that's so true. That is so true. Yeah, it's like minute 34 interlude type. Yeah, interlude type song. Yeah, I definitely skipped over this. And like, I don't even have this song like saved on my phone like, I have the album, but not that song. Really? Which I should probably fix. Yeah, well, because Hillary's albums have, like, carried over from where, you know, like, I don't even have it downloaded from Apple Music. This is where, like, back in the day when I had an iPod and would put my CDs on my computer and then put them into iTunes and then put it on my iPod, it's just carried over through the years, like, how, you know, that was, like, on through iTunes. And so I just didn't put that song on my iPod. And, yeah. I listen to it on Spotify. Stream, stream metamorphosis. Although I do own it. I do own it, but. Oh, of course, of course. To wrap up the album, I don't know if you remember, but on the physical copy, it actually has Why Not listed as a bonus track. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So this was not even like considered a part of the album, but yet it was. And it was in the Lizzie McGuire movie. So in some ways, this was the first single that we got. But I love this song. It's one of those songs like people think of when like, uh, they think of Hilary Duff back then. It's one of like, her most like defining songs. For sure. And I always find myself being like, why not? As Hilary Duff would say, why not? <laughs> exactly. On to the chorus now. I'm sure plenty of people are tired of hearing me read these lyrics, but why not? Why not? Take a crazy chance. Why not? Why not? Do a crazy dance. If you lose the moment, you might lose a lot. So why not? Why not? But yeah, and... Uh, I love the bridge on this, too, where it's like, you'll never get to heaven. Or even to L.A. Or even to L.A. And when I went to L.A. for the first time, that's what I posted. Like, when I um, put my location on uh, Facebook and stuff, I was like, you'll never get to heaven. Or even to L.A. if you don't believe there's a way. But I love how she's like, way on there. So Why not? Why not? Yeah. I mean, the lyrics are pretty self-explanatory with this song. It's about taking a chance. And there's a little bit of a, you know, tongue-in-cheek thing where it's like, she's saying take a chance on me is like you know a girlfriend or whatever but overall like I take it as like you know take a chance in life take a risk why not what's life without risks okay there's a music video for this song too there was a music video and uh yeah what do you remember about it um I just remember them being on the the rooftop of a building is there a storyline there really wasn't a storyline. You're right. I mean, they were just on the top of a building performing the song. And we also get clips from the Lizzie McGuire movie yes, throughout. Yes. Yeah. And there are there are people who are kind of running through the streets and doing their thing uh, while she's singing. Uh, and one girl even like 
lip syncs along with Hillary at one point, which I thought was kind of strange. Yeah, they asked, I think they get a couple of different people to like say, why not? And then like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. No, yeah, you're right. And there's also, it had kind of a gritty aesthetic to it, which I thought was interesting. Um, but again, with the whole like the looks that she gave the camera and the hair flips and all that, mm-hmm. I mean, she she knew how to work a camera. She knows how to work a camera. Definitely. She's serving it. That would have been, if you don't count I Can't Wait, that would have been like her first legit music video. Really? Right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. As I was saying, you know, at the top of the episode, this album was totally a game changer and it really launched her career. And she went on tour. She did the Metamorphosis tour, which was in the U.S. and Canada. And it was mostly like a theater tour. And if you uh, if you've seen the the Girl Can Rock concert DVD, mm-hmm. then that was part of that tour. That would have been late 2003, early 2004. And, you know, girl was girl was busy. Girl was promoting that album. But it's a good one. It's great. I think a lot of industry people were definitely skeptical of like, who is this Disney star? And, you know, we're not going to play her music. And she didn't necessarily get a lot of radio airtime, but you can't deny that that she sold records. And it was because... Three million. Yeah, she had this fan base from Lizzie McGuire and they kind of went along with her on this journey. And it didn't, it didn't hurt that the album was great. I mean, it's great pop music. That's the one mm-hmm. thing that I always say about Hilary Duff. It's like, yeah, say what you want about like her voice or whatever, but like... She makes great pop music. Hannah Montana was huge. Right. But like Hillary Duff was like the original Hannah Montana. Yeah. You would not have had Miley Cyrus, Demi, Selena without Hillary Duff. You just wouldn't mm-hmm. have. She definitely laid the groundwork for what was to come with Hollywood Records. And I think there was this whole um, thing said about how, you know, Annette Funicello from like the 50s with the Mickey Mouse Club had been the last number one album that Walt Disney Records had had. And then Hilary Duff comes along. And, you know, it's kind of interesting, like the parallel there of like this teen star. And then here comes another teen teen star the next century. Um, It's also interesting to me that like Hilary didn't even know what she was doing really with this this album. She had done some, you know, one-off projects musically, but this was it. And they just kind of threw her in the recording studio. And I know she had input and whatnot, but obviously she wasn't writing a lot of her material. Yeah, some. She wasn't writing a lot of her material at this point. But um, I still listen to this album on a regular basis, honestly. At least once a week. At least, at least. Never gets old. Um, It's a good one. So, yeah. I love this meme where, I'm sure you've seen it, with the Pope. Yes. Yeah, and where the Pope is like holding up Metamorphosis, the album, and it's like, me on Christmas 2003 or something. And I mean, literally, I didn't get the album for Christmas, but that was so me. <laughs> That's amazing. It's time for a segment now, Trey, called Quizzy McGuire. And would you like to hit me with a with a Hillary Duff trivia question? Okay, so so what was the reason why it didn't come out with a Liz McGuire movie too? Yeah, so they could not reach a deal with like <sighs> Hillary and her mom was super, you know, momager. Um, but yeah, they couldn't come to terms with like a new contract for her money wise and everything. So I should have known you would have known that. Yeah, well, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Makes me look like a good fan. No, exactly. Um, my trivia question for you, Trey. I'll give you multiple choice. Do you know which Kelly Clarkson song was originally going to go to Hillary Duff? Allegedly. Was it A, Breakaway, B, Behind These Hazel Eyes, or C, Since You've Been Gone? Since You've Been Gone? Yes, it was. Really? So really? That, that almost was a Hillary Duff song. Interesting. I could totally see her singing that. Yeah. 
I could see it, but like it wouldn't have been the same song, you know? No, of course not. Of course not. No, Hillary always, I think, thought she was more rocker than she actually was. Yeah, she's a little pop star, but you know, a little edge. She had a little edge. Okay, do you feel like we did this justice? Like, do you feel like we did Metamorphosis justice? Once I edit and everything, <laughs> I think so. Okay, yeah. Well, Trey, thanks so much for being on Deaf Enough. I hope you had fun. Thanks for having me. I did. And that's all for this episode of Duff Enough. Thanks again for listening. I hope you'll subscribe and stick around for more because this podcast is what dreams are made of. You can follow along on social media at Duff Enough Pod and check the description for my socials as well as show guests. And until next time, bye Team Duff. Bye.